Welcome back to the Final Drive Podcast, episode number four. I'm your host, LaCord Grice, and alongside me is Tycho Say, Caden Strickland, Carter Croc, and Will Hayes, bringing you guys more football content during the quarantine. Uh, hope y'all are all staying safe out there. Uh, and we're going to get things started off today with the 2017 draft class fifth-year options, which are expiring this, this offseason. And Will Hayes definitely wanted to talk about this, and I think he's, he's going to lead us off here in this. So, Hayes, what do you got to say? So, I just wanted to talk about a couple of players who got theirs declined and or picked up, or and picked up. No, or picked up. Um, but so, I wanted to start off with uh, Leonard Fournette and uh, Corey Davis getting their options declined. Um, so, I mean, we've talked about Fournette before. Um, and so this doesn't really come as a surprise as the Jags management seems unhappy with him. Um, so this will be his last season in Jacksonville probably, but, uh, Corey Davis is more interesting to me because, you know, the Titans picked him in the top 10 in the 2017 draft class. And, you know, he hasn't really, uh, reached what he could be yet. And I feel like they're giving up on him too soon. Like he's shown flashes, but he just hasn't stayed consistent enough well I think they're moving on from uh Corey Davis right now because of the production that has come out of AJ Brown I mean AJ Brown has came in as a rookie and just absolutely dominated and produced very high numbers for a rookie and will only continue to grow so I feel like that could be a factor on why they want to move on from him Uh, I agree with you there uh what are what are some teams you guys think he's gonna go to I think uh my dad and I were actually talking about this today uh, I think he'll go to the Packers because the Packers obviously did not pick up a wide receiver in the draft. I think that this is their opportunity to pick up uh, a guy who is young, who I think fits the scheme pretty well with what Matt LaFour is trying to do. Uh, yeah, but is Gutekind smart enough to pick up a receiver like Corey Davis? <laughs> yes, he's smart enough. He changed – he went – the team went from a losing record to 13-3. and three. I think he knows what he's doing. Uh but I think that he'd be really a really good fit for them, and I think the Packers actually will. I think they will pick him up. So what I do you think, guys think? Uh, I think Cordes would be a good fit in New England with the Patriots. Uh, they're obviously bringing in a new quarterback. Uh, that's probably going to be Jarrett Stidham. Uh, he needs some weapons. He really doesn't have anybody except Julian Edelman, and I think Corey Davis could be a really good fit there. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, okay. um, another player getting his contract, his fifth-year option declined was Tack McKinley on the Falcons. Um, he's really underperformed for them, so it doesn't really come as much of a surprise to me. So, um, yeah. Croc, what position does he play? Defensive end. <laughs> okay, that's good to know. All right. Uh, Kate, um, do, do you have anything to say about him? I've been watching the Falcons for a while, and Tack never – he never impressed me. Uh, I'm going to just say this. You can't be a defensive end and almost get sacks. You're not going to come back. That's a good point. Okay, uh, so some players that I wanted to talk about their options getting picked up um, just include some, like, interesting situations. Um, so one that I had was Jamal Adams. I mean, we've heard him in uh, trade rumors for the past couple of months, you know, uh, he almost went to the Cowboys at the deadline. Um, and I mean, he was connected to the Cowboys again before the draft. Uh, do we think the Jets will move on from him or do you think he's there to stay? 
Well, first off, I just want to say that uh, shout out to Ty because this is who Ty gets every single time we play Madden. And it's a beast in Madden. In Madden and in real life, the man is an absolute stud. He's so good. He's young. He's got a lot of potential. Will the Jets – I don't know, man. I feel like he'll – I feel like he's gonna stay with the Jets, but I want him to. I want him to leave so bad, just because I think I think he could make a huge impact on a lot of teams that need a safety. Uh, but I just th- I feel like he's not he's not really getting the opportunity to shine like some other safeties in the other safeties in the league that aren't as good as him. Uh, what do you guys think about that? I completely agree with you. I think that uh, I don't think the Jets is the right spot. For Jamal Adams, but I, I seriously doubt that they'll let him go. Like, in my opinion, he's the most talented safety in the league. And he's no matter no matter if you it doesn't matter if you use him right or if you use him wrong, he's still gonna be an elite playmaker and he's gonna make a big impact on the defensive side of the ball. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Uh I guess on that note, were there any other uh fifth year option guys that you guys wanted to point touch on here? Two other ones that I wanted to talk about were um, two tight ends uh, from the Browns and the Buccaneers, respectively. Um, so David Njoku was one. Um, and, I mean, I just thought that was really interesting. I just thought that was really interesting because they just nabbed Austin Hooper in free agency. And, um, you know, they are picking up Njoku's option. So, I mean, I don't know if they want to run double tight end packages. and see how that works out. Um, but, I mean, it's just kind of interesting to me because I feel like Hooper is definitely the better player between the two of them. Yeah, but um, I'd say Njoku and Hooper are very different tight ends because Njoku has, is a much faster tight end and can be more of a vertical threat. So I feel like they'll plan to use them sort of how the Ravens used Hayden Hurst and Mark Andrews last year. Like Mark Andrews is more of an Austin Hooper-type tight end while Hayden Hurst plays more like David Njoku, who can get down the field, be a vertical threat, has close to receiver speed, and, you know, can be a threat to the secondary. So. Yeah, that's exactly the team that I was going to mention, uh, the Ravens, uh, just because I think that they they really successfully had two tight ends last year, and it really showed that I think you can have two different types of tight ends and be really, really successful. Like, there are plenty of teams – uh, that have two tight ends. And I think it's really important that exactly what Croc said, that they're two different types of tight ends. Like Austin Hooper and Najoku can both give you the blocking and the receiving. And I think that's really important when it comes to having two tight ends. When unlike the Bears, you can't have like nine tight ends. I think I think two. You can be really successful with two, though. And so then the other one that I wanted to talk about was uh, O.J. Howard. And, I mean, we all know – or we all heard the news about Gronk getting traded in New England, coming out of retirement, um, or getting traded from New England and coming out of retirement. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I mean, O.J. Howard's been in trade talks for, I mean, I, I feel like a few years now. I mean, I've heard his name tossed around here and there. Um, and I just think it's the same thing. Like, it's just interesting how they're electing to hold on to him rather than declining his option and looking for a trade. I think a part of that with OJ Howard is he's such a really, he's a really talented tight end. I think he's one of the more underrated players just because of 
what he brought last year to Tampa Bay, especially with with Jameis. He was he was a, one of Jameis's big guys. Uh, I think part of it is just because we don't know what we're going to get out of Gronkowski. Is he going to be the same player as we've seen before? I don't know about his injury concerns. Um, I feel like that definitely plays a, a role in why they brought him back. Uh, what do you guys think of, of just that situation, especially well, with Gronk? McCord, uh, I, I, if I'm the Buccaneers front office, I don't know if my biggest concern is Gronkowski's injuries. I think it's what is going to happen after this year. Will Gronkowski go back into retirement? Will Brady stick around for another year? The Tampa Bay Buccaneers have so many question marks after this year, and I feel like they're trying to make one push and kind of get some veterans where they can make a Super Bowl run. But I think after this year, their, their next offseason should be really interesting because there's a lot of question marks. Mm-hmm. I know we all have uh, differing opinions on what we think of the Bucs next year. Uh, they're, they're, they're obviously, for many reasons, one of the most talked about teams right now. What do you guys think of their chances next season? Are they going to be a playoff team? I think no. they are. No. Why? Because I feel like um, Brady, you know, he is on the decline and he showed signs of it last year. And I just don't see him keeping the same numbers that he's had for the past few years. And I really see him taking a step back next year, even with all of the good receivers around him just because he's so vulnerable in the pocket. And the NFC South, I mean, you got to remember, they've got some strong defensive lines on the Saints, and the Falcons have revamped their defensive line. And it all seems like they're trying to go after Tom Brady and just get after him in the pocket because of his limited mobility and take away the um, Buccaneers receiving threats. So, um, and Gronkowski, I mean, if he p- plays good, I mean, I feel like he's the X factor if the Bucks are going to make the playoffs or not. And I just – I don't see Gronk, you know, playing like his old self two years removed from football. I'm going to lay off for right now, and we'll come back to this argument sometime later in the podcast. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's my bad there. I Okay. Uh, I guess we'll switch to the NFL draft. Uh, there were a couple teams that we didn't touch on last time. Uh, one that Ty was very upset about was the Colts. Shout out to Uncle Tony, if you're listening. Uh, Ty, what do you think about the Colts draft? Uh, I think the Colts had a very interesting draft. I mean, the, the choice of Michael Pittman at receiver, um, Jonathan Taylor at running back, they definitely added some weapons to the offense. I mean, Marlon Mack and Jonathan Taylor coming out of the backfield next year is going to be really scary. Um, but they also added some defensive weapons, which – added to their already loaded defense with the addition of DeForest Buckner in the offseason. So I feel like the Colts will be a team to watch next year, but I feel like the only concern is Phillip Rivers at quarterback. How will he handle himself? How will he fit into the Colts offense? So that's my take. Mm-hmm. What did you guys think of the Colts draft? I, I thought the Colts draft. Oh, go ahead, Ace. No, you got it. It's fine. I'll go after. All right. All right. I love uh, the pick of – Michael Pittman and Jonathan Taylor. There's obviously a big hole at receiver. They really only have T.Y. Hilton as of as of last week before the draft. Michael Pittman, I had him going to going in the first round. I had him going to the Packers. Obviously, they did not take receiver. Sorry, McCord, but uh, I love that pick. He's a really dynamic playmaker. 
Jonathan Taylor, I think that that was a home run hit for them. Uh, Jonathan Taylor was the best pure runner in the draft by far. And behind that offensive line with Marlon Mack as well, that's going to be terrifying. Caden, um, to add what you're saying there about the, the Colts not having many receivers, I think another factor into that was the Colts did get Paris Campbell last year, who, who was a very good receiver. But I feel like he didn't really have the opportunity to shine last year because of the, the Colts quarterback situation. I feel like with Phillip Rivers coming in, it all depends on how he plays. He could make these receivers absolutely shine. I mean, he could give Michael Pittman, T.Y. Hilton, and Paris Campbell all top targets. I mean, I feel like that could be really interesting to watch. Yeah, um, going on Phillip Rivers, I feel like he'll be a great mentor for Jacob Eason. I know a lot of people didn't like the Colts drafting Jacob Eason just because they already have Rivers, but at most you're only going to get, you know, two or three more years out of Rivers, if that. So getting a guy like Jacob Eason to sit behind Rivers and gain valuable experience with him, I feel like the Colts made a smart pick there. And I know McCord is trying to justify the Jordan Love pick, but the difference between drafting a guy like Eason and Love is that Rodgers still has a good five or six more years in him. And Rivers is definitely on the back end of of his career. So I feel like the Colts were making the smarter move there. No, yeah, I, I definitely agree with you there. I think Philip Rivers is very different from Aaron Rodgers. I don't really know if I what, – this is not for today's episode, but I don't know if I really justify the Jordan Love pick. I just don't think I'm as upset as some Packer fans. But, no, I totally agree with you. Um, when it comes to, like, Jacoby Brissett, like, you already have him – do you think they'll trade him? Like, what do you think? What do you What do you think is going to happen with him? I feel like that that's kind of going to be an interesting situation to watch. I feel like the Colts do they thought of him as the guy, but he really kind of underperformed. And I don't know if they try to trade him, would they get that much out of him? So I feel like he might be a guy that kind of sits around, kind of backs up Phillips Philip uh, Rivers for the coming years, and uh, kind of before Jacob Eason gets ready. Because I mean. I know the Colts picked Eason because he was a big Indiana guy, grew up there, was a Colts fan, wanted to be a Colt. I feel like he fits them, like, tradition-wise, and, like, he's a good guy to have in your system. But I feel like the Colts don't really have a go-to guy at the quarterback position. I feel like Phillip Rivers is a question mark. Jacoby Brissett, he hasn't really produced in the uh, in the past years. And Jacob Eason, also a big question mark after kind of having an okay year at Washington after transferring from Georgia. So. I feel like the Colts QB room is kind of uh, a big question mark. Yeah, um, an interesting spot if the Colts do decide to trade Jacoby Brissett is the New England Patriots. Um, as you all may know, Brissett used to play for the Patriots. So if he were to be traded there, the Patriots need a quarterback. Brissett can provide that veteran experience, and he's already familiar with Belichick's you know, scheme. So. Um, that's just a possibility. Uh, yeah, that's a good point. And I guess one other team that I wanted to touch on was the Baltimore Ravens. I think they got one of the steals of the draft with Patrick Queen, uh, a pick that they really needed. They needed a linebacker, and I think they really got the guy that they wanted to fall to him. And I think they had one of the more underrated drafts. Uh, of course, after going 14-2, and losing in their first playoff game, I think that they could come back as – 
maybe not the be- better record, but an even better team overall next year. What do you guys think? I, I have a question for y'all about this. Um, do you guys think uh, – And well, this is kind of like an am I the only one? Am I the only one who could uh, possibly see Patrick Queen winning the defensive player of the year, rookie, re- rookie defensive year, uh, player of the year award? I think – I think he could definitely be up there, but I couldn't see him winning it over Chase Young and Isaiah Simmons. I think those two are undoubtedly the best defensive rookies. Another another dark horse for me for that award is Kenneth Murray of the Chargers. Um, I feel like both those linebackers drafted at the end of the first round have a legit chance at getting that award, especially um, if Chase Young underperforms, which I don't think he will. Like, he may – not perform up to the expectations that have been given to him, but I don't think he'll like, you know, not bust, but like not play well. Um, I I don't think Chase Young will be a bust, but I think Chase Young is going to have to basically put the Redskins defense on his back. They don't really have many, many tools at all. In my, in my opinion, I feel like he'd have to put that defense on his back where I feel like Patrick Queen's kind of complimenting an already really good Ravens defense and can just kind of come in and make plays and kind of improve that that way. I agree with you on that latter point about Queen coming into an already established defense, but I feel like the Redskins defense is definitely underrated in the league. I mean, their D-line is up there with the 49ers in terms of talent, Um, and I feel like they could really do some damage if the secondary and the linebacker core can hold their own this year. But um, yeah, so I think the case for queen is that he's on arguably the best team in the league right now and um, on a really good defense and that can really help him excel and play really well and possibly get that award. Uh, When talking about the award, just looking at like last year, do you guys think winning plays a part into that? Because if you look at like Kyler Murray and Josh Jacobs, who were in the running for offensive rookie of the year last year, uh, not, neither of their teams really won. I mean, anything crazy. Do you think that that's going to play a part? Like, if a guy, if a guy like Isaiah Simmons stands out, but which I think he will, but and his team maybe doesn't win as much as Patrick Queen's Ravens. Do you think that'll help or hurt him? Well, I don't, I don't think it's more about, like, the win count. It's more of just, like, being on a good team that is constantly winning. I mean, that does a lot for a player. It, like, it boosts the confidence, for one. Um, I mean, it just it takes some of the pressure off of him um, because there's so many talented players on that defense. Um, and so that's my take on it anyway. I feel like also being on a more talented team, I mean – defensively you have more people to learn under I mean more skills to learn I mean I feel like Patrick Queen could learn more secondary tools from uh from Earl Thomas and kind of be a better zone player and really improve his game there I mean that's that's all can factor into it and another uh reason why I think he may uh excel more than um Chase Young this year is Will Chase Young become frustrated with the Redskins' offense next year? I feel like that's another question mark. Will he kind of see himself as carrying the team where Patrick Queen will kind of just come in and fit? So I feel like those are all factors. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, I guess one last thing that we wanted to try this week, and we sort of touched on it earlier, was 
we have Carter Crockett and Caden Strickland, uh, two of the most polarizing figures in sports, for sure. Uh, and we sort of got into this question earlier, uh, but we're each going to give – we're going we're to try something new. We're going to give them both 45 seconds to debate on a topic or a question that we give them, and then uh, Ty is going to be the timer there. And, Ty, why don't you uh, finish up explaining what they're going to do? So basically what we're going to do is we're going to introduce a, uh, a question and give them about uh, two minutes to debate on it. And um, after those two minutes are up, we're going to give each person uh, 30 seconds to kind of close out their argument, uh, kind of provide to the viewers and the judges who are, aren't uh, going against each other that day uh, their final arguments. And then at the end of each round, uh, the judges will decide a winner. And you all can also vote down below in the comments or on our Instagram. And kind of you can weigh in on who you think won each round or who won overall. Yeah. So uh, why don't we, with, with that being said, why don't we go ahead and get started here? Uh, the first question, uh, like we said earlier, was do you think the, ta- uh, the Buccaneers will make the playoffs? Uh, so why don't we, since Croc had his, like, a little bit of an opinion first, why don't we start off with Caden? Go ahead. All right, two, minutes, two minutes starts now. I think that the Buccaneers are going to be a strong uh, Super Bowl contender next year. They have a really strong offense. They brought in Tom Brady. And as we know last year, even though they had one of the top offenses in the league, uh, Jameis Winston kept turning the ball over. And all they really need is to cut back on the turnovers, and they're going to be dangerous. Tom Brady does not throw many interceptions, and he's going to help stabilize that offense a lot. One uh, important underrated part of the Buccaneers team uh, is their defensive pass rush. Shaquille Barrett last year, I think he led the league in sacks. He's, he's a monster. And they got a – what's his name? Oh, I'm blanking. Uh, Levante David. There you go. <laughs> he's a really good linebacker. Uh, they have they – have, their secondary needs work, but with that pass rush, uh, their defense is going to be at least solid. Yeah, so, no. Um, Shaquille <laughs> Barrett is definitely a one-year wonder. I mean, that man <laughs> just, like, went off last year, and I don't see it happening again. So, um, and you got to remember, the Buccaneers' secondary is hot trash. <laughs> I mean, look at this secondary. Their secondary – is Carlton Davis, one of the <laughs> shortest cornerbacks in the league. Sean Murphy Bunting, never even heard of that dude. And MJ Stewart. None, he was on my, uh, no one Matt that you would even talk about when you mention the secondary, like for any team. And then you've got a rookie starting at safety, Antoine Whit- Winfield, and Jordan Whitehead. Like none of those names – anybody would know unless they actually like look at the bucks or follow the bucks and that's time okay that's time okay uh would you like to you would you like to start with your closing argument for round one you got 30 seconds who are they really going to compete with in the nfc besides the 49ers and the saints and the saints choke every year But they got the Packers too. But the Packers. (laughs) Thank you. The Saints, the Falcons, and the Panthers. 
Dominate. We'll get to you, Crock. We'll get to you in a second. And the Niners. Cade, you got 20 more seconds. Saints choke every year. Niners, they're going to be their primary competition. They got Gronk. They got Gronk, too. They got Mike Evans, Chris Grobin, and Gronk, and Tom Brady. Tom Brady has a great connection with Gronk. <laughs> you got 10 they seconds. Got great chemistry. <laughs> Are you done, uh, Caden? Are you anything done? else, Caden? Closing? He's going to be a monster in the red zone, Gronk. <laughs> Time out. Revamped right. offensive line, too. Okay. Mute, Caden. Mute, You're Kaden. finished. You're All finished. right, Croc, you are up. Ready? In three, two, one. You can start. Okay. You can't win games when you're constantly getting burned by guys like Julio Jones, Mike Thomas, and other great receivers in the NFC South with the hot trash secondary. Your offense can be as good as you want, but you can't win when you give up 42 or 49 points a game <laughs> to a team like the Saints or other high-powered offenses. And – Gronk and Tom are on the tail ends of their careers. You don't know how they're going to do next year. They are on the decline. That is time, Croc. So I'm sorry. Time. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, judges, who do we think won uh, round one? Ty, why don't you go first? Uh, I think I'm going to have to give round one to Croc. I feel like he made more valid points than Caden here. Uh, so I'm going to have to give my round one vote to Croc. Hayes, what about you? I also give it to Croc uh, solely based on his uh, secondary roasting. Yeah. Uh, I think I'll also go with Croc. So Croc yeah. gets a clean sweep in round one. That's kind of what I expected. <laughs> uh, I kind of blanks for a little bit. God dang. Okay. So why don't we get to question, uh, question number two, uh, which is, is Matt Ryan a top 10 QB in the NFL? Caden. Keep in mind, they are both Falcons fans. So both Falcons fans. We're going to start off with Croc since Caden started off round one. Croc, All right. you're two minutes. And the, the two-minute timer starts now. Okay, Matt Ryan, so many people give him so much flack for throwing interceptions in the beginning of the season, and then they forget how good he plays in the second half. Even though he started off one and seven last year, we won six and two in the second half with injured receivers. So he almost managed to bring us back against the Saints with Calvin Ridley and Julio Jones out. And you gotta keep in mind, Calvin Ridley, our second best receiver, was out the entire second half of the season last year. And Matt Ryan still managed to go six and two. The man is only three years removed from an MVP. So you got to remember that. And he, it's not like he's had a bad season. Like he hasn't had a season where he's thrown like 20 plus interceptions. He's always been consistently throwing 25 to 30 touchdowns. Hold on, Croc. Hold on. <laughs> oh, oh. All right. Hold on, Kaden. We're going to get. <laughs> it is not your turn. McCord, this is his Let turn. Let him go. Let him go. <laughs> go oh, me? Go. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. He th- All right, how many interceptions did he throw in the first half of the season? Like 10 or something? That's a lot. He can't be throwing all those picks. Uh, he did not have a uh, – he, he has not been as good, near as good as his MVP season uh, ever. He's been on, on a big decline statistically every single year. 
Uh, he has no clutch gene whatsoever. Look at <laughs> look behind Ty, twenty-eight to three. How do you how do you manage to blow that? That still pisses me off to this day. All right, all right. He has no clutch gene. Throws too many picks, and I can name eleven quarterbacks that are better than him. Mahomes, Lamar, Russell Wilson, A. Rob, Breeze, Watson, no, Tannehill, no. Prescott, Brady, Wentz, no. uh, Kyle. All right, that is time. No, oh, round I two. To that. All right, Woo. now we're going to move on to the closing statements. Croc, uh, why don't you start us off? Okay, so this is Matt Ryan's 2018 stats. The dude threw 35 touchdowns and seven interceptions. And he didn't even, like, get recognized. That is top ten numbers right there. Last year, his – Quarterback rating was 92, which is not that good. But he threw 4,500 yards, fifth in the NFL, eighth in touchdowns. I mean, you can't Five tell seconds. me that's not – that's good stats. I mean, and, Croc, your time is up. How do you not have good stats when you have Caden, wait, Jones wait, Caden. Calvin Ridley? Your 30 seconds will start, Caden. Oh, Ready? Uh, three, two, one, here you go. How are you supposed to – Put up bad stats when you have Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley. Calvin Ridley was out the entire second half of that's last not year. That, it's not your those. turn. That's not that good when you consider the talent you have around him. Uh, like I said, there's 11 quarterbacks, in my opinion, that are better than him. He has no clutch gene whatsoever. He can't finish out games. Uh, in the first half of the season, he was horrendous. All right, that is time. Um, at the end of round two, I mean, do do we have to go to the judges for this one? Will, what do you say? I I say Caden wins this one. I don't know. Yeah, what about Caden you for me, Caden. All right, I also have Caden. So yeah. that that wraps up round two. We're all we're all tied up after round two. And uh, the third question we are going to present is is we're going to go to college football. Uh, is Georgia a championship contender next year? And your two minutes will start now. All right. I think that Georgia will be a national championship contender. Keep in mind, we bring in a quarterback, Jamie Newman, second best uh, deep ball in college football last year, only behind the great Joe Burrow. Uh, Georgia is RBU. We have a great offensive line. Uh, we're bringing in a four-star running back, Kendall Milton, second best running back in the nation. We already have Zamir White. Uh, wide receiver George Pickens, best freshman wide receiver in the nation last year. He's going to be a monster this year. We have a stacked defense, second best defense in the nation last year. And we barely, we only lost Tay Crowder and J.R. Reed. Everybody else is coming back. Croc, go ahead. <laughs> I have so many things to say about Jamie Newman. This dude is the most overrated transfer I've ever heard go to Georgia. <laughs> this man crap. threw 2,800 yards, which is not even impressive at all, and 11 interceptions against ACC defenses. When he faces SEC defenses, he is going to get eaten up. And Georgia lost Isaiah Wilson, Andrew Thomas, Solomon Kinley. They lost – almost their entire offensive line in the NFL draft. And I can't, you can't tell me that freshmen are going to replace that and still make them a championship contending team. Five stars I mean, is five stars. 
I'm sorry, but Jamie Newman is not the QB to lead Georgia to anywhere close to championship contention. And that's all I got to say. Jamie Too Newman much experience was experience loss, not a good enough QB. You lost seconds. your top running back. I mean, you can't rebuild from that in one year, even if Three, you have a guy like Samir two, White. One. That is time. All right. We're, we're going to go into the 30 seconds closing. I feel like Caden's got to make a last-second effort here to kind of save himself. Croc provided some pretty good points. So, Caden, why don't you start us off? Hey, my man Jamie Newman, he was throwing the Wake Forest receivers. Who do they have? I don't even know. They're trash. Uh, no offensive line, no help around him. The guy, he was playing with nobody. He comes in Georgia. He's got George Pickens to throw to. This man's a monster. He catches everything. He's fast, too. Uh, we got, we're RBU. We got, we got Zamir White, uh, Kendall Milton, and uh, – And that is time. Thank you, Kate. <laughs> Those were some no. good points. Uh, There's no way that's 30 seconds. I think we're ready for your closing statement. Ready? Three, two, one. Okay, so I'm not going to call a guy like George Pickens good when he picks a fight with a player on Georgia Tech, okay? so (laughs) The the Tech um, guy started the fight. Just saying. (laughs) But Jamie Newman, the ACC defenses are not nearly the capability of SEC defenses. You can have as good of receivers as you want, but when you still manage to throw 11 interceptions against ACC coastal opponents, that is a problem. Rob, that is time. All right. George Pickens didn't start that fight. Hey, Kate. All right. <laughs> Going to the judges' scorecards. McCord, what do you say? God, I don't, I don't know. Oh, I think it's close. Yeah, this is the first one that's actually a competition. Uh Shoot, I'm gonna. Hey, is do you? Hey, so do you? What are you thinking? Okay, um, I think I gotta give it to Croc here. I thought, Caden, I thought you made some really good points, but I think Croc did a better job of backing his up with stats. That's my. Oh, I think Croc. Ah, I think Croc had. Yeah, Croc had great points. I don't. I don't know. Although I really liked Caden's closing argument. But uh, I'm gonna have to give this one to Croc. Oh! <laughs> uh, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to call this round. For me, I feel like uh, I don't know because I feel like y'all both presented arguments very well. But at the end of the day, I'm gonna have to go with Caden here just because I feel like I agree with his argument a little <laughs> bit more. But I feel like Croc did present his argument better. But it's not like my vote would have mattered. Um, yeah. Make sure you guys leave comments on who you guys think won and uh, go to our Instagram story where we'll post uh, who do you guys think won each round. And, good uh, game, Croc. And McCord, yeah, why don't you game, close too. us out? Yeah, so this was episode four of the Final Drive. Thank you guys all for watching, listening. Uh, go subscribe to us on YouTube. Uh, go listen to us on Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts. Basically, wherever you can find podcasts, we're, we're there. Uh, Again, thank you to all the doctors out there fighting the coronavirus. I hope all of you are staying safe. Wash your hands, and we'll see you guys all next time. Peace.